Bibles to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. So it's right next to each other. If you open your phone, right, you're going to look in the New Testament, okay? Open in your Bible, go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then right after that, Acts, the very beginning of Acts. I want everybody to turn in the Bible because everybody's got a phone or everybody's got a paper Bible. So either way, open your Bible because we take what God says to us seriously here and we write it down, we follow along because let me just tell you, services are not meant to be watched. Services are meant to, as a point of engagement. Worship is not meant to be watched, but participated in. The word is meant, is called. The word of God calls for a response. That's why you hear some of these people in here say, amen, hallelujah, praise God, right? Preach it, brother, come on, hallelujah. You get them all excited. The reason they do that is because the word of God calls for a response. To walk out of a service and not respond to the word of God for you means that you have done this stiff arm to what God has for you. Either feeling like you've already got it, you don't need it, right? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's for you today. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. It's for us today. So I want to read these scriptures to you. And we're on a series, man, and I'm just on fire with this series. It's just lit a fire in me and, I, I, and changing my life, uh, changing everything about me. And we started, it's called I Am Significant. If you haven't been here, I have all of the part one, part two, and part three online and available for you. Today is part four, and I'm going to talk to you about the significant work, okay? So I want you to look in with me, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and it says, But you shall receive, who? Come on, congregation. You, you shall receive, me, I, we, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, not to everyone else. And man, we could teach all day on that. To him, I'm a witness to him. My testimony goes to him. I give praises to him. I give glory to him. I give honor to him. It's not about going out there and trying to make sure everybody else knows who God is in my life. It's making sure God knows that I know God is God in my life. And I begin to witness to him everywhere I go. So that's for later. I'm not, I gotta slow down. We're just getting started. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. I got my guys here, man. They're, they're on fire. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now go with me to Acts chapter 2 and then verse 1. I'm going to teach a little bit today and I'm going to preach a little bit. And it says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days after Passover is what Pentecost means. They were all with one accord and in one place. I've been to the upper room. Some of you are going to go with me next year. We have signups and packs in the lobby. If you want to go to Israel with me next year, sign up. You have to sign up before July 15th. Um, so then those are in the lobby. So, and suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. A moment. A moment. This is just a moment. See, what they felt like was taking forever only took God a moment. And in a moment, there came a sound from heaven as of a ru rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all, 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 all filled 
with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to teach about that in here in a minute. Then there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. I want you to underline that scripture. That's going to be one of the most powerful scriptures today. And when this sound occurred, the sound, man, uh, I got I to gotta keep reading. But do you hear what he's saying? The sound of heaven. When the sound occurred, there's going to be a sound that comes from you that starts transforming everything around you. I wonder what sound people hear when they hear Bridge Church. I wonder what sound they hear when they think of you in your home. What sound draws people? There ought to be a sound that comes from you that says, man, I, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I just need to praise God for a minute. And you just begin to have a sound that comes from you because the lie of the enemy is to keep you quiet is to shut your mouth and no 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 don't praise you know you can't sing <laughs> don't elbow that person too hard okay it, it doesn't matter about how good you can or can't sing there ought to be a sound that comes from you the bible says according to the grievance of your heart will be the cry that comes from you I, i'm here today to compel you to not wait till you've hit rock bottom to start crying out to god but to let a sound come from you today that you can shake these walls, shake our city, and all of a sudden thousands of people start coming. Hey, what's going on in your life over there? And they start drawing to you. Okay, I got to keep going. Guys. Sound came together. They came together and were confused. Verse 6, because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all of these who speak Galileans? In other words, they were talking, they were saying they were ignorant people. They were talking down, making fun of them. How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Skip down a little bit further in verse 11. It says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others began mocking them, saying, they're just full of new wine. Somebody say, they just drunk. <laughs> And when others begin to mock and ridicule and question, you begin to rise with faith. And you begin to stand in faith. The same guy, man, I'll keep reading. This, this, this man, he stands up and he says with the 11, he raised his voice. He said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, which really means 9 a.m. But this was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now I want to skip and go to verse 40. And with many words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly, everybody say happy. Everybody who was happy received his words and were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added. Let me just tell you, before we get into the rest of it, you got to get happy. <laughs> The, you you got to start getting happy. You got to start smiling a little more. There's no reason for you to be sad. There's a lot of fun excuses that we like to, that we magnify. Let me see. Let me just tell you something about problems. 99 of them. No, I'm just kidding. When it comes to problems, what we do is when you think about it and you talk about it and you shame yourself about it, or you guilt yourself, or you, you begin to hate someone else for causing them. You begin to think about the problem. Think about the, uh, you, what you do is you magnify the problem. 
So then the only thing big in your life is your problem. When the only thing who should be big in your life is God. So turn to your neighbor and say, get happy. <laughs> because those who gladly received, they heard the message of hope. They heard the message to be gladly received. We didn't read all the passage, but it was prophesied multiple times. Glad, happy, rejoice, celebrate. Did you know that God instituted celebration? He instituted partying. You need to learn how God parties. Because I guarantee you, you won't wake up with regret. You'll wake up ready to do it again. We see this, and it's so powerful. I love it. He says, you're going to get power, Benji. You're going to get power. Power. I mean, real power. More powerful than those speakers. See, the word power there is a Greek word that means dunamis. I want you to write that down if you can. D-U-N-A-D-U-N-A-M-I-S. M-I-S. Okay? Dunamis. And what that means is where we get our word dynamite. It's the explosive power, the fire of God. I love that. Anybody who's short and small in here, you've heard it your whole life. Dynamite comes in small packages, okay? I heard it my whole life growing up. They were like, don't worry, you're tiny. But dynamite comes in small packages, right, Omar? <laughs> and you have this. You're like, oh, yeah, and you believe it, you feel it. And then the other word that we see in there that I want to teach you about is the other word is Holy Spirit. Did you know Holy Spirit is not a name? I, don't, I bet you didn't. The Holy Spirit is a title. The Holy Spirit is a title. So then what, what's the name? First of all, it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Because if, you, if the Holy Spirit can be an it, it can be weird. Right? But because it's a who, we know that there's goodness in there. We know that there's greatness in there. Because the name is not the Holy Spirit. His name is God. Somebody just, a light bulb went off for you right now. I just saw three, five, boom, I'm seeing more. You're just like, oh, yes, finally. Because we pray and we're like, man, I need more of it. I need God, Holy, give me more of the Holy Spirit. Give me, and we talk about the Holy Spirit like it's an it, like it's, it's a thing. And it's not a thing, it's a who. And, and the Holy Spirit is not weird. <laughs> Somebody said, thank you. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is not weird. A lot of people come into this church and we're charismatic. We're loud because a quiet church is a dying church. And let me tell you, I'm going to teach you how to be demonstrative, but with a seatbelt. Because we're Pentecostal, but with order, okay? So there is, there is some direction in here. We're spirit-filled, but we, we kind of, you could call us like Baptocostal. You know, like we're, we're kind of a mix of Pentecostal and Baptist. And, and we're, we're in there somewhere in between because I don't really want to be defined by these staunchy labels. But what we are is we are a Bible-believing church who believes in what God says and actually walks it out. And so what we teach here is only from the Scripture. And I'm never going to teach you anything that's not straight from the Word of God. The false doctrine that the book of Acts was the end of it is false doctrine. That the, the miracle signs and wonders and the Holy Spirit, that was for then. If, you could, if that was true then that means that the promises of God do have an expiration date on you. And they cannot have an expiration date on you. They don't have an... No, God, no somebody's going to hear me in a minute. When God speaks over you, there's not a time stamp of, you better, you better, you better. Oh, oh, too late. Missed the window. Can't go to heaven now. Right? 
He's the same God. He doesn't change. The Bible says he does not like, not like the turning of shadows. In other words, he doesn't change with time. Time changes. People change. Things change. God does not change. And the same God who poured out his spirit into individuals for moments and times and seasons in the Old Testament is the same God who poured out his spirit in the New Testament. It's the same spirit. This, what the sacrifice of Jesus Christ did, is enabled a way for you and I to receive the power from God because he knew you couldn't do it without him. Because he knew you, to, to live a life for Christ and, and feel like you're dying is not very fun. Did you know that the power of God is meant to bring passion in your life? That's exactly what it's for. Because it, when you don't feel powerful, you can feel defeated. But when you feel powerful, you can live passionate. Because you could step out with like confidence. You could step out with excitement. Because you know you're not going to lose. Because you've got the explosive power of God with you. And many of us, we try to, in, and just in this beginning, and I need to keep going, but it, it, we, we try to receive the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, Jesus in our life without receiving the fire in our life. But I can tell you that God never intended that, even from the beginning all the way to the end. And I'll tell you how. It's by the Feast of Passover. In the Feast of Passover, let me describe a little bit to you, and I'm going to teach on it more in August. But the Feast of Passover, God said, take the lamb, and I don't, you cannot put it in a pot. Do not put it in a pan. Do not put it in anything. Put it right in the fire. I want you to cook it right over the fire because you can't get the lamb without the fire. And you can't get the fire without the lamb. In other words, the fire represents the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. You can't just get saved and not get the fire of God with you. See, it's not, there's not, they're not separate. Somebody needs, is going to catch on to a revelation here. You didn't just get Jesus and not this Holy Ghost thing that some other people adhere to. You got the same Spirit of God in you. And when you receive that and you finally could ad adhere to that and say, okay, God, all right. You start walking in the power of God. And the power of God is only going to be poured out on you because this was a prophecy of what was going to come. So how do we receive this power and what God has for us? Go with me to Acts chapter 2. At the beginning of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they were all in one place, in one accord. You're in the right place. Somebody said amen. <laughs> you know how Peter knew to be in the upper room? Because he knew where not to be. You know how some of you are in here today? You, you know where not to be. You know you need to be in here. You know you're meant to be in here. You, you've gone through a love, enough life to know that there's a lot of other places you could be, but that doesn't mean you should be. You need to be here. Peter knew where not to be. That defined where he should be. And so same with the boys on the road to Emmaus, same with all them. Jesus showed up over and over and over. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And drew them back to get in the right place. And then they have to get in the right position. That's why they get in one accord. How do you get in one accord with God? I'm going to teach you. First, you have to get in one accord with each other. Because God, to see, the positioning determines the outpouring. So if you get in right position, God will pour out. Blessing and favor and increase and, and miracles and signs and wonders. He'll pour out an experience with you that'll transform your life. But he's not going to do it while you're still dysfunctional. He's going to wait. He's going to wait while you, and I'm not talking about you internally. I'm talking about with us as a, as a whole. See, when we're talking about getting in harmony with each other, there can be many parts, but we all need to be singing the same note and hopefully the same song. We don't need to be hating on another church. 
We don't need to be talking trash about somebody else in their faith. Well, Brother Wonderful down the road. We don't need to be hating on Joel Osteen. We don't need to be hating on anybody. We need to work as in harmony with each other. Because God's saying, when you finally start working together, because I'm not going to pour out this huge blessing to a divisive, divided body of Christ. I'm waiting for you. That's why they had to be all together in one accord. And he said, finally, all right. Hey, we don't have everybody because I ministered to tens of thousands, but now we got 120. I can work with 120. And he says, I'll pour it out. And they were in unity. They were in harmony. How you get in positioning with God is expectancy. I want you to write that down. Expectancy. You got to expect God to do something great. You got to believe that God wants to do something great. It's simple. I love how Justin shared it. If I'd asked you something greater, would you have done it? But I just, I just asked you, just, want, just expect. Just come in every Sunday. It's going to be a good day. Come in every Sunday, man. All right. Because I, I come up in here, I think that every Sunday. I know this is crazy. This is shocking. But I really believe God's going to do a tremendous work every week. It's a weird thought. But when I come up here, and I also believe everybody loves me. And you all can't wait to hear my latest story or joke. And I'm like, they're really going to love this. And my wife gets so annoyed because I tell her the joke like seven times. And she's like, it, okay, okay, all right, enough. But I, I come in expecting. I don't come in here allowing the enemy or the world or circumstances or situation to set my expectation. I come in here setting the mood and the expectation. I come in here and say, this is how it's going to be. See, many of us want to live over here in the doldrums of doubt and discouragement and disbelief because we think that it can't be done. And we could remain in this place of the I can'ts and no, I don't know, expectance, really, can we expect anything? You could live here if it had never been done. And what I mean by that is you could live over here in your, uh, in your captivity of depression if nobody's ever been healed of depression. You could remain over here and say no one's ever been free of addiction. Uh, it's ever been done before. And you could live there if it had never been, no one's ever been set free. If no one had ever been healed of cancer, you could continue to say, I just have to live with it. And I'm here to waken somebody's spirit today to tell you it has been done. It can be done. It will be done. Because our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven there is no sickness. So when you battle something, a depression's got you and says, no, no, no. Don't believe that you can be free of it. Can't happen. You can say, no, no, God's already done it before. No, no, somebody's healed. You could say, oh, no, we can't, how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's never been done. Yes, it has been done. People have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Miracles, giants are still being slayed. Miracles are still being done. Signs and wonders are still all over this earth. Somebody begins to praise God a little bit. Come on, give him 10 seconds of praise right now. Because this... This is God. God doesn't just show up in your life to give you a good preaching and teaching. The Bible says everywhere that Jesus went, he went through all the land preaching, teaching, and healing every manner of sickness and disease. And if you're going to operate in the ministry of Jesus Christ that Christians are supposed to do, you have to have all three. I'll share a testimony with you. Uh, last week, my father came in and preached, and he did a great job. Love my dad. Heard lots of great reports. 
He was a great backup. Um, so, I, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Dad, I know you're going to see this. I love you. He came in and he prophesied. He, at just one point, he was just really random. He said, I, I don't even remember it. But he prophesied somebody's leg is going to be healed today. And what happened, we found out later that one, we have a family that comes here and they brought other family with them. This family member didn't want to come. This family member doesn't want to be here. They, they, they were like writhing in their seats. Some of you are like, I know how I feel. But he, he didn't want to be here. And he was sitting there. And my father spoke that word. And he walked out in tears. Because the moment he crossed that threshold outside the door, he texted the family and said, I don't know what happened. But when he spoke that word, I've been dealing with a leg issue for the last six months. I don't feel a thing. I'm totally healed. Everything's all good. I'll be back. See, you could chalk it up as, oh, that's probably a third world country thing. Oh, oh that's probably only in this area and with those people and that kind of thing. Oh, I bet they made it up. Oh, I bet it's not real. I bet Just because you haven't seen it personally does not make it not real. Don't, don't let doubt rule your life. The very area that the enemy's trying to keep captive over you is probably the very assignment from heaven that God has anointed you for. See, but the enemy wants to hold you captive in that area just like he tried to hold Peter captive. Peter, shut up. Peter, deny God. Peter, don't do this. Peter, keep it. Peter, you better run. No, Peter. Shut your mouth. But Peter stood up, the same man who denied Christ, the same man who had the issue, the same man who had the doubt, the same man who stood in front of Jesus and tried to stop him from his purpose. And Jesus had to say, Satan, get behind me. That same man stood up in the very part that the enemy tried to rule over him soon became his anointed area. And God will do that for you. Whatever area you're struggling with, I'm going to speak to somebody's heart right now. Whatever area that you're struggling with right now is the very area that the enemy's trying to destroy you for a reason. He's trying to get you in that area because you're anointed in that area. The enemy tried to take my voice. That's why I was healed. That's why a miraculous little boy at nine years old had his trachea put back in by an angel. I'm telling you. A little, a little newspaper clipping. Crazy stuff. But God will do it. God will move in your life. And then the cool part is this. I need to keep rolling. Uh, he, 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 we get in the right position with expectation. And man, we come expecting. And, and we're like, okay, God, what are you going to do? And, and I believe somebody is going to leave here today expecting today. You're going to have new life. You're actually going to have new hope. and new. Somebody's going to get stirred up enough to be like, I believe again. And then what God does is this. Stand up, Omar. I said stand up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Trust me. He could take it. He could, he could handle me. Uh, so um, what God does is this. Oh, you're filled. You got new life. You got new stuff. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. And God will push you. See, what happened was is they were all filled in the upper room, and God said, you can't stay here. And God began to push them out of the upper room, speaking in tongues, stumbling out of the upper room. They weren't stumbling out of a bar because of a substance. They were stumbling out of the upper room because of the Spirit. And God began to push them. He said, I'm not going to be stuck in a room anymore. I'm not going to keep to your foreign no more. Come on, Omar. And what it became is a moment of provocation. And provocation means to provoke. You can grab a seat. Provocation means to be provoked. 
God wasn't going to allow it a moment to be stifled and not become the movement he intended. Because he, he's going to go ahead and he's going to say, okay, you done sitting? You done sitting? You done playing the pity game? You done wallowing in your shame? You done wallowing in your sin? You done? You, are you done yet? And God is going to provoke you and just push you just enough, stir life up, just enough for you to make it uncomfortable. I bet somebody in their seat is feeling real uncomfortable. Is he going to poke me next? Is he going to push me? What's he going to do next? I, I'm telling you, God wants to stir some things up right today. He, my, the number one word God gave me, just like he told, Justin said, he broke me. I'm telling you, I walked up to Justin and I said, stop coming to my church. He was at my Bible study, and it was only like his second time. And he kept telling me, he kept telling me, he was all like, oh, we go to every church. I was like, bull, you do not, you're a liar. Stop acting like that. You have no accountability. And we had a serious conversation. And I was like, stop coming here or start coming here, and let's get serious. And right then he goes, you're right, let's do this. Because it was a moment of provoking. See, we don't need to be provoked and in our flesh turn to anger and hatred. In a moment of provoking by the Spirit, we need to turn to His purpose. And when we turn to His purpose, we start walking out His plan. But sometimes God is sitting there and He's just like, okay, Omar, when are you going to give up your plan? Okay, Peter, when are you finally going to put down the nets? Okay, Peter, come on. Put it down, Peter. Put it down. Let go. Let go of your plan. See, we got too many people who are living a long enough life still trying to manipulate and control and make their plan work when God's saying, when you finally let go, I'll give you my plan. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to praise God. But you got to let go. 50 years old is still manipulating people. Still trying to work your own. I'm going to make this happen. No, no, no. This is how I do it. No, this is my way. And we keep trying to force and we keep trying to manipulate. We keep trying to control. We keep trying. See, that's what, what happened with Peter. See, Jesus said at the very beginning, he said, Peter, put down your nets. I'll make you a fisher of men. And then what happened? Peter went back to the nets. You know what that tells me? He saved his nets. He had plan B. He had the boats, the nets already. Somebody needs to burn your net. You keep going back to plan B because you've been showing up to church and the enemy's will oh man. The enemy's voice in your life keeps telling you, is it really working? Is it really going to happen? Is God really going to do Is he really, Gene, is he really going to heal your marriage? Is he really going to do it? Is he really going to touch your life? Is he really, or is praying really going to work, Travis? Is it really going to work reading your Bible? And the enemy's voice comes in like a flood. And he keeps questioning you because we can't see it. And, and we don't feel it right away. And we don't see the results and the fruit of it. They came every day at 3 in the morning and left when the sun went down. And they came 50 days in a row. You don't think there were days they were like, come on, God. Come on, God. Where are you, God? Come on. Why hasn't it happened yet? We're doing the right thing. We're here in Jerusalem. We're here in the upper room. We're all in one accord. We're all ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. And, and yet the enemy's voice, I guarantee you, was as loud as can be saying, is it really going to happen? I... You ever, did you ever wonder like me, did you ever wonder if there were more at the beginning of the 50 days? I think so. I think there was a lot. And I think by day 50, God finally found him an army. See, we, we need to understand that when we start getting in that position for God's outpouring, 
And man, the outpouring was so strong. They came stumbling out, speaking in other tongues. Then everybody heard them. They were amazed and perplexed. And then all of a sudden, Peter stood up and started walking out his purpose. And as he's walking out his purpose and declaring the same man who ran from the fire is now speaking with fire. And he's declaring the power of God in his life, testifying to who Jesus is. All of a sudden, we see a moment become a movement. That's why I told you to remember that one key scripture. I'm going to read it again for you. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. When you get with God's purpose and his plan, you get with his perfect timing. Because not everybody came to the Passover feast where Jesus was slain. But everybody came to the Pentecost feast. And do you think that God knew it? You think that God knew? Okay, wait, we got one more to show up. Wait, they're almost here. And when the last one arrived, he said, okay, time to do this. Because a moment in your life, right, can come and go. A moment in your life can fade. A moment in your life will pass. But a moment from the Holy Spirit will become a movement in your soul. It'll become a movement in our nation, in our state. That's what we're seeing in our prison system. Moments turning into movements. See, one moment with the King of Kings will become a movement in your life. I know we've all had moments of sorrow, moments of pain, moments of happiness, moments of joy, moments that have come and gone, good vacations, bad vacations, good summers and bad summers, moments where it's, it's here and there, and man, God is good in here, and we have these back and forth, and they were just moments, and we can remember some of them, but God is going to have a moment with somebody today that will become a movement in our city, that will become a movement in our state. Come on, church. Come on, church. Believe in a movement. Expect a movement. Expect a movement. Expect a move of God expect to become a movement because he said I'm not staying here I'm not staying here I need everybody ready because what I'm about to do has to go everywhere I didn't come for just you I came for everybody I didn't come to pour out my spirit on those who thought they were holier than everybody else I didn't come to pour out my spirit on everybody who thought they got it figured out I came to pour out my spirit the Bible says on all flesh and he said I want everybody to know the power of who I am And tonight, I'm going to tell you what, we're going to let the Holy Spirit just go for, I mean, just go for it. We're going to have our prayer team up here at one point during worship, and you can come down and get prayer. Uh, we're going to just worship, and I'm going to flow with the Spirit. We're going to prophesy. We're going to heal. We're going to see miracles. We're going to pack it out. All three services have been full. We're going to fill up the fifth, or third service, and the five o'clock, and we are going to have church. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit go. Now, let me tell you, those of you who are new to a Pentecostal charismatic church, don't get scared. Okay? Take a deep breath. It's okay. Nothing will happen that's out of the order of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to hit you with my, my jacket and knock you over, whip you with a zipper in the face. That's not going to happen. I can tell you what's going to happen. God is going to meet you. Just like he did this morning. See, this morning was just a taste. God told me to get them. Just get them ready. Get them ready. I want, uh, can, I, can I just prophesy right, right now? I, I, I believe by we hit, when we hit August and, and September, this isn't going to be big enough anymore. Lobby's going to be too full. Overflow's going to be too full. 
And you know why? Because we have 800, listen to me, we have over 800 people that attend this church. And you got to advance the kingdom. Advance it by force. I came up here, man. First service was okay. This service is awesome. I love it. Can't wait till the 5 o'clock. But let me tell you, I came up mad. I really was. And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad at the devil. I'm, I'm mad at what he's been saying. I'm mad at him trying to manipulate and control the feelings of what people go through. And and you have to get a backbone every once in a while and straighten yourself up. Speak with your adult voice to the enemy with a loud voice, just like the book of James tells you to. Because the book of James says, yell aloud no to the enemy and watch him flee. Say a quiet yes to God and watch him come to your aid. You can't speak to the devil with your little inside church mouse voice. He doesn't respond to that. Just like when those young men tried to go cast out demons, they were like, I know Peter, I know I know Jesus, who are you? And he whooped them. You speak to the devil with a passive little voice, he's going to teach you who he is. And you've been pushed around too much. Some of you have been bullied around too much by the enemy. His opinions over your life, his authority over your life. But when you get a moment with the King of Kings, and you get a moment with your hope, with the, I mean, I'm talking about the fire from heaven. You start walking in a new power, a new confidence. And today's your day. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Come on, I don't want you to go to sleep, and I don't want you to zone out. I want you to focus. I want you to focus. And I want you to begin to pray. If you came with your spouse, take your spouse's hand right now. You came with your kids, take your kids' hand right now. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for you as a family. You came by yourself, grab a hold of the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you, God's about to take you on a ride. This is where we're headed. Holy Spirit, right now in the name of Jesus, if there's anybody in here who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today is their day as a couple, as a family, as an individual. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Even if you're holding somebody's hand, raise it up, and I want you to pray. And I want you to, as you pray, we're going to let the Holy Spirit fill you. Come on, this is your time to be baptized. If you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, say, okay, Holy Spirit, okay, Paracletos, okay, God, fill me. If that's you, come on, you can feel the stirring and the conviction of God in your heart right now. You feel it. Just say, Lord, I receive. God, I receive. God, I receive your spirit. God, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, set me on fire. Set me on fire, God. Give me the dunamis power of God, the explosive power of God in my life. I'm positioning my life to receive the outpouring so I can walk in my purpose. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now. Whenever the enemy comes in, this moment is not going to be a moment that fades, but it will become a movement in their home. Come on, somebody. It's going to become a movement in their job. It's going to become a movement in their workplace. It's going to become a movement in their future, in their calling, in their destiny. In the name of Jesus, God, we dispel all doubt. We dispel all discouragement. God, we dispel all naysayers. God, we dispel everything that the enemy's trying to do right now. God, and I speak with full authority with the Holy Spirit. God, right now, speak life. Speak peace. Speak hope. Speak deliverance. Speak freedom in the name of Jesus in our life. Lord, we receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I believe that there are many, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there are many in here. You've been living in a desert place with God, and you feel like you haven't heard God, felt God, or experienced God in such a powerful way ever in your life. Let me tell you, today's your day where you go from the dry lands to the waters. 
And God is going to take you into a deep place and he's going to learn, teach you how to saturate yourself in his spirit. To take a deeper dive with him. You think that living for God is all in your head and emotions shouldn't be part of it. But I'm speaking to somebody's heart right now. Your passion has everything to do with it. You need your heart involved. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not just your mind. And it's time to connect that piece of the puzzle for you. And for everybody in here, I want to give a chance here and online for anybody to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you even need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've been living your own way. It's time to flip the script and turn towards Him. Time to repent. Time to turn and run towards the Father. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for all the hands going. Come on, keep them high. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. No one's looking around. This is your personal decision. Thank you for raising all those hands. This is it. Keep them up. Keep them up. I'm going to pray with you. Every hand that's raised in here, every hand that's raised online, every heart that's open, you're not going to pray alone. We're going to pray this prayer with you. We're going to pray it together. So I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Fill me with your spirit. I'm forever yours. I'm going to live in your purpose. I'm going to live in your plan. I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise, church. Come on.